Okay, so let's get started. Um, my name is Christine Renault. As I was uh, introduced, I will make it very short. Uh, so yes, social entrepreneur from Montreal, as you can hear from my accent. Um, so I started E180, which is a social enterprise with the purpose of changing uh, dramatically the way that human beings learn all over the world to make it more self-directed and more uh, collaborative. And our flagship um, product is something called Brain Date. So it's the idea um, to um, support human beings when they gather to have them have a one-on-one -on -one knowledge sharing conversation with each other uh, on the basis of offers of knowledge. So maybe some of you experienced Brain Date here at Republica. Uh, we were introduced to, um, to the event a bit uh, late, so maybe you didn't hear about it, but if you did, I'm really happy uh, that you were able to have a hopefully a life-changing conversation with a peer here at Republica. And it's in the context of this work of doing brain dates that I met my dear friend Felix, who is the head of program at Falling Walls here in Berlin. So I'll just let him introduce himself quickly and his organization, and then I will just brief you on how we want to go about this half hour together. Hi, <laughs> I'm the lucky guy today because I'm the case example we're going to discuss here. So um, I think I'll walk out of here with uh, some things to take home. Um, my name is Felix. I work with the local NGO, uh, the Falling Walls Foundation. And we are building platforms for the exchange uh, between science and society, also for fostering um, um, exchange between science, business, um, culture, and society in general. And we build on the metaphor of the fall of the Berlin Wall, so it's really a local affair. Um, we use that metaphor to ask the, the next big question, meaning uh, which are the next walls to fall in science and society. So um, my main project is uh, the Falling Walls Conference, which takes place on 9 November every year here in Berlin at the Radialsystem, and I'm the conference curator, you would say. Um, and in the framework of that conference, we invite international experts and a mixed audience from all of the previously mentioned spheres to discuss the big challenges we face as a global society, meaning uh, climate change, uh, inequality issues, uh, but also uh, consequences of technological progress and what that means for us as societies. Another example I'd like to give is the Falling Walls Lab. That's another one of our projects. Um, it's going to happen in 70 countries this year. So it's a globally expanding pitch competition for young scientists, entrepreneurs, innovators in the social sphere um, who also exchange um, across their disciplines within the network that is the Falling Walls Lab. Um, and I think with that, I mean, we have various other projects that uh, I can't explain here, but we have a huge network with a lot of knowledge in it. I think it's, that's maybe the basis for a conversation. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, so briefly, I will just explain the way that we'll go about this, this uh, half hour together, as I mentioned. So uh, the idea of a public brain date, Collegiale Fallberatung. Correct. Thank you. Yes, thank you. So that's the extent of my German so far. Um, so we will, 
actually ask you to participate. And the way that we will divide our time will be uh, first to hear um, the description of a challenge that Felix has in terms of uh, creating a place where his community can, can learn. And the case that we chose is something we believe that could be actually um, transferred in your communities, in your institution. So the purpose of it is to model a way of sharing knowledge, but also for you to get a case study in which you can actually apply the knowledge you'll gain here from each other in your own organization, schools, uh, wherever you, uh, you might be working. So uh, Felix will start by explaining his challenge, then I will ask him uh, clarification questions. If we have time, maybe we can, uh, you can also ask clarification questions. Then Felix will shut up for about 15 minutes, so he won't uh, be, won't have the right to speak, and I'm super strict about it. Um, so, and we will be the consultant, so the peer consultant. Uh, I will share a bit of, of, um, of um, path for action or suggestions I might have to for him to overcome his challenge, and I will open the mic to you guys if you can share uh, examples in your life that uh, could be interesting and uh, support um, Felix in his challenge. Then Felix will have five minutes to debrief what about his takeaway and you will also have uh, about five, ten minutes to debrief on your takeaways for your organization and how you might implement some of the knowledge that uh, we shared together uh, today. So that's, that's a half an hour well spent, I believe. So Felix, you have five minutes to present your, your challenge. All right, so I'm going to um, say the challenge now and then I'm going to explain it. The question is how can we transform our organization so that, become, that it becomes a learning hub for our community? As I explained initially, uh, there is a large network that is specific to us. Your organization might have another large network. And um, what we all actually want to do is tap that network, right, for ourselves, for our organization, but also for making connections between uh, people on the inside of the organization, on the outside. In our case, um, our mission is to break silos between disciplines, between people from different countries, from different spheres of society, and foster new forms of collaboration that lead to synergies, that lead to innovation. And this is what everyone's looking for right now, from an NGO to, um, to corporates. Everyone's trying to create these new uh, synergies that we all think will deliver us new innovation. Um, so the question here is, um, how do we do that? How do we connect people? How do we shape um, shared experiences that lead to cooperation? And the key, as we all might think, should be learning. And um, therefore, my challenge is really about creating learning environments um, for our community that also involves us as an organization. Um, what's the status quo? I think we regard ourselves as a dynamic learning organization. We're a team of 20 people, so it's still quite easy to have everyone walk all over the place and get new impulses, new ideas from, from different uh, organizations, from other best practices. Um, but what's the next level? How do we really tap what's in the uh, community? How do we get people to exchange much more? We currently um, do conferences and meetings, so we are good at shaping uh, the environments that are necessary for a creative exchange, for open exchange, and for also serendipity to you know, have these um, chance encounters with people that everyone is so inspired about. Um, and it's, that's also something about the brain dates that I really love. Um, but um, 
we want to take this to the next level in the future. So how do we move on from just having conferences and having, you know, keynotes and one-on-ones um, and involving really the community over a longer term? Perfect. So I have a couple of questions uh, to, to kind of dig, dig deeper a little bit. So um, basically, what have you tried already at, at the conference and it's outside of the conference more in a year-long, uh, you know, setup that you felt worked, that you felt was a powerful learning experience? Yeah, as I said, um, the, the learning environment that we provide as conference organizers or as meeting organizers is pretty much confined to a space and a time in, in the year. So that's when the conference happens, when everyone is there, everyone inspired, everyone's exchanging, everyone's meeting new people. Um, new ideas are coming up quickly um, and we're good at creating these encounters. So we've managed to create an environment that is creative, that is open, where people can let go of their professional roles. It's something in my experience is very important. Uh, probably can be transferred to other areas as well. Um, then what we also managed to do is create a context that is meaningful for this kind of exchange, uh, namely um, the metaphor of the fall of the wall. So we say, which are your next walls to fall? That's what our speakers talk about. That's what um, the people uh, discuss when they have their one-on-one. -on -one. So we managed to connect everyone's individual challenge to the larger uh, metaphor of breaking walls and really breaking through uh, having groundbreaking new ideas, and that also connects to um, positive effects for society. Um, so these two things, shaping environments, having a purposeful learning environment, um, probably two of the things that we did and that worked well. And what about um, anything you've been doing year-long that you felt was, uh, was also compelling for, for your, uh, your community? Uh, I think that's something we're lacking and something that really didn't work out so well. We tried once to set up a learning or exchange platform, a social platform um, that didn't work well because the dynamics weren't there. I think that's also a problem that many other organizations are facing in terms of you know, how to handle your alumni group that is growing and growing. And um, if you set up a social network that is just not um, alive, then you just have to let it die. So that's something we experienced. And that's something we called uh, with E180. We, also, we always talk about our five Cs, which are the five Cs of a vibrant community. And and captivity. It's not like very sexy word. It, it sounds a bit, uh, a bit um, not fun, but the captivity of, of being somewhere for three days and having this kind of expected behavior that you will learn new things and meet new people is a, a, a thing that is very conductive to learning, which you don't have on social media when people can could at any time be exchanging knowledge together. They actually never really do because you have other things on your mind and that behavior is actually not, not a habit which is very different from a conference setting where the be expected behavior is to be learning and sharing and sharing knowledge and meeting people. Yeah, if yeah. I should add to that, um, I've spoken to many other conference curators internationally and, and this is specific to, to us as conference people, we ask uh, the question what happens after they leave the conference right. venue. Um, everyone is inspired, the place is buzzing. You leave the venue and you dive back into your everyday life. You have to go to the office on the next day. How do you stay engaged with the questions you have been passionately discussing with another colleague just two hours ago? So that's like somewhat the holy grail of, of conference organizing in the future, in my, uh, would be my definition. Uh, 
combined with uh, the question of impact. How do you measure the impact of such meetings, of such learning um, experiences? And I think that in your challenge, when you say, how can we transform our organization so it becomes a learning hub for our community after after the event, because I feel that it's something that you are able to achieve when people all are together. It's always a year long, the kind of like, uh, in French we say far from the heart, uh, from, far from the eyes, far from the heart. So the idea that we're not together anymore, we don't think about each other that much anymore. So how can you kind of trigger an, a new response once people leave? Um, and so you, you talk about the walls uh, to break and you know how much I love this uh, analogy. Um, what, whose walls are they? How do you choose the walls that uh, you will be addressing during, uh, during the Falling Walls Conference? Yeah, that, it's a mixed set of, um, um, of formats. So partly we still use the good old keynote lecture format that uh, where we define as an organization and us as curators uh, which problems will be addressed. Um, we invite some of the world's foremost experts on that field and ask them to really explain um, their passion for their work and, and where they see they're making the big changes. And that acts as a instruction, basically, for the people in the audience, for people in the community to tackle their own problems. So that is basically uh, uh, an agenda set by us. But then on the other hand, we experience that people bring their challenges to such meetings, and these are individual challenges that you're facing, and then um, we talked about this, if you just um, try to make these aware, you know, what kind of challenges am I facing, what am I looking for at this conference, at this meeting, yeah. people are more aware of, um, of their learning experience. Great, um, and uh, yeah, do you feel that you um, pinpoint any um, practices that you feel are transformative for the participants? So any educational experience that you crafted or curated that you feel are kind of like at the heart of the, of the transformation that your participants go through? Um, yes, and it's again the good old uh, keynote lectures and um, it, 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 that's why we keep it and that's why TED is so successful. There's something in um, seeing uh, a person that is really um, working on very big issues and seeing these people talk with their eyes glowing about their passion, it's uh, contagious and that's why it's transformative. So when I leave a session of uh, four speakers, I see people walking out of the uh, lecture hall and their eyes are glowing. I, I know that they have been transformed. There's something happening. The question remains, what happens afterwards, right. right? That's just for the moment. The other thing that is quite deeply transforming and is something that we just recently added two years ago is brain dating. So I'm, I was really lucky enough to meet these guys in Montreal, bring them to Berlin for our conference and these one-on-one -on -one meetings that are curated in a very special atmosphere that encourage exchange, that open up people, you know, of all um, uh, trades. We have academy presidents in their 70s brain dating with 20-year-old uh, entrepreneurs from Singapore and it's really a, a very creative mix and this is something that uh, touches people quite deeply and has yeah. the most long-lasting effect in our experience. That's great. So I just realized that I 
planned all my thing thinking that I had 45 minutes and we just have half an hour and you thank you for reminding me that right now. So we'll jump right now, I think, into the consulting so that we can also do the debrief after. So I will just share a couple of initial th uh, thoughts with you and, and everyone and then I will open the mic so that you can share um, any ideas that you would have to help uh, Felix overcome his challenge, which is how can we transform our organization so that it becomes a learning hub for a community, especially after they leave the premise of the Falling Walls uh, conference. Um, so um, what, I, what I gathered um, listening to you and, and in many other conversations we've had, um, I deeply and we deeply believe at E1AD that the future of learning will be self-directed and experiential and collaborative. And to have a, a very strong self-directed um, learning experience, you need purpose. You need a clear intention. And I think as educators, which you are because you create an educational context for people to grow and flourish and learn, our main role as an educator is actually to help our participants, our community, to define that purpose for themselves and to define that intention for themselves and then to create the ecosystem and, and uh, the environment that will actually support them in their, uh, in their learning quest. And there's so much about that idea of a learning quest that is all about how can you stretch yourself to become the person that you need to be to overcome a meaningful challenge that you have. And um, that's, I think, the experiential part of, of what we've seen uh, is very powerful, is, is how can you help your participants to define those meaningful learning intentional that are rooted in a challenge that is meaningful to them and that they, that they want to, uh, to overcome. Um, and I think that uh, we were talking about that a bit yesterday, but Falling Walls has an amazing, compelling, unique message. Um, and this idea of, of the walls falling is um, something that probably only can be done in Berlin. And because of the historical context, it's a thing that people could come from all over the world to look for. It's the idea that not only sitting down in maybe a more of a passive traditional way, listening to other people tackling their own walls, which is in in it of itself very interesting and fascinating and there's much to gain there but if the first step that Felix and his team would take was to help the participants identify their own walls and the walls that they want to overcome in their personal life in terms of their personal growth or in any field that they might be active on and that becomes their quest, that's, that becomes the, the filter in which they will go through the learning experience that is being proposed by, uh, by, by falling walls. Um, I think that would be something extremely powerful and something very unique and if we think about all the different conferences, they're all very unique and they're all rooted in a different city and a different feel and a different story. Um, but that, that story, I think, is definitely unique to, to Falling Walls. Oh. Thank you. Um, yeah, so that's one thing. Um, and then what happens is that, and I, I got that inspiration from the Clinton Foundation. So when the Clinton Foundation had an event arm, uh, whatever we think about anything of that, uh, something they were doing that was pretty mind-blowing was that they were asking every single one of their participants at their conference to take a commitment to action. So it, it was the idea that when you come uh, to one of the Clinton's events, when you leave, you have to publicly commit to an action that you will be taking within the next year or over the next couple of years. And the Clinton being the Clintons, they, have the, they had the resources, just five minutes? 
oh, okay, it's still 10. Okay, perfect. I was, I was like, well, time passes flying by. Um, yes, yeah, so the, and the idea basically would be that throughout the whole year, um, the Clinton Foundation would actually support its, they call them the members, so the, 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 the participants to the conference, they would support their members in um, achieving their commitment to action by connecting them with resources, by connecting them with other members. So playing this kind of role of a, of a learning concierge or a supporter um, to help their member to achieve that commitment to action. So then at that point, the conference becomes a place of, first of all, accountability, because you know that next year you will come back to this event and you will have to represent yourself to your own community saying, okay, did I, did I do the work? First of all, did I succeed? Did I fail? And then what did I learn? So it, it was an amazing, and I think sometimes conferences, they're still looking for that, also that, that purpose, like why would people come back every year? Like why would you go back every year to meet a community? And then that idea of being accountable and telling your community what is the um, you know, path that you went through throughout their years, a year is very powerful. It also becomes a place of, of celebration. So if you succeed, if you worked, if you, uh, if you work together, it's a place of celebration of those, uh, of those commitment actions and, and successes. And of course, a place of learning, again, from each other and from maybe people that are tackling walls that are pretty, pretty massive, learning from their processes because we all need processes and blueprints for our own walls to, to fall. Um, and, and also basically just inspiration from other people that have been tackling, uh, you know, really powerful walls. Um, so, so yeah, and that's in our, um, in our uh, experience, it really addresses three main obstacles that people using a self-directed learning approach face. Uh, again, the idea of accountability when you want to learn something by yourself, sometimes you know, the ur urgent versus important urgent takes place and then you forget how important that thing was to you. But when you have a community in which you're accountable, um, it, it helps you sometimes to actually uh, keep a focus on something that is important yet not, not urgent. Um, again, the guideline in the process, sometimes when, you know, we don't know what we don't know, we don't know. So once you're tackling something that is a challenge that you have never tackled before, sometimes you just don't know where to start. So that idea of a community being a place of, of guidance, uh, I think is extremely powerful in terms of processes and next steps and shining light on things that you don't even know you should know or don't even know exist. Uh, and again, the idea of resources so that community also becomes a place of resources, either of other people who could support you with their knowledge and their experience um, and or other ways to, uh, to, tackle, uh, to tackle a challenge. So I think there's something extremely powerful for falling walls if the conference becomes a place of defining what is the wall that I want to tackle or break down in the next year. And falling walls as a learning hub is a place of of guidance, of support, of learning concierge throughout the year, connecting the members among themselves and providing that accountability, it can, it, can become, it can become an amazing, powerful experience that lasts not only throughout the year, but then that is celebrated um, at the end, uh, at the conference itself. So that was my a little piece of advice. I would love to hear uh, a couple of comments, anything that you've been through, and it, it, this is really a moment for you to share your knowledge and to uh, provide some ideas, some thoughts that you might have that could uh, help to propel Felix uh, further in his, in his challenge. Thank you. Uh, and if you can just quickly present yourself, we have about five minutes, it's, it's not long. Quickly okay. introduce yourself and uh, what you're working on so we can understand in, in where you're rooting your experience. 
my name is Christian. Uh, I'm a student in London. I'm studying finance. Um, I hope that what I'm going to say is what you guys are looking for. Uh, well, as a finance student, and I have kind of found an interesting, let's say, an interesting mindset between how, let's say, people portray us finance students compared to, let's say, people within the art industry. It tends to be a kind of very clear um, outline on this is how the finance people are, this is how the art students are, and there tends to be a kind of belief that if you start behaving like a finance student, you lose your art aspect. And that's why I kind of thought that this is, uh, is relevant for the falling wall in terms of, we, it's all about skills. Skills that are in finance can be transferred into arts and skills that are into arts can be transferred into uh, finance. But I was just kind of, it's more of a question and a comment, I would say, because I believe that making the world fall or making the, those skills transfer are being exchanged in itself is good, but it's not really solving the issue because the, the exchange of this knowledge is gonna make an impact only if first we find why do people have that mindset? Why do people believe that art and finance are totally different? And if you start behaving like a finance student, you lose your art and you have to behave in a specific way. Because only when you, we are able to specifically know the whys of the viewpoint of each of those groups, then we can transfer or exchange the knowledge in a way where both groups are going to actually, one, accept it and put it into practice. Because in finance, we have to be creative as well. Because when you are doing bonds, all that stuff, you need to find ways to solve issues. And in the same thing in art, you need to apply some structure and all that stuff. So we're just okay. thinking in terms of how it's important to first recognize the issue, recognize the source of the of the problem before starting to transfer. Uh, so I think solutions. it's super interesting what you're saying because right away you're jumping into the process. Yeah. You know, like how can we help um, participants to first identify the whys behind their walls, which is super interesting. I would love to hear some more um, experience sharing. So Ian, maybe we can restate, you, you can speak once. Uh, just restate the challenge, please. Right, the challenge was how can we transform our organization into a learning hub for our community? Yep. So any experience that you might have had that uh, you think could, um, could propel Felix? Any even failures that you might have had? I'm patient. <laughs> I have nothing else to say, so. Hi, I'm Joachim. I work at the Goethe Institute. We're a worldwide organization, so maybe we have some structure in common there. I actually don't have the solution. I have the same problem. Um, and we're trying... Oh, one thought that I had... Um, I think what you need... Well, you get very motivated out of the, um, and the conference, and you say, I want to do that. And then what you describe the next day, you have to answer 
20 million emails and you have to do the work that needs to be done. So I think we need to put resources and we need to create a working space where this can follow up. So one of our ideas for a conference was to put resources in money and by that to create a space where people can work on projects. And when so, you say space, you mean like an actual physical f space or a virtual space? A virtual space because everybody goes home and maybe there, there will be meetings, might be online, might be presential, but one of our ideas was like have a pitch for projects at the end of the conference and try to get some funding. We need to organize that, put funding and make people work on the three projects maybe we're voting for to, to have follow-up. And there, because if it's just the idea, if just the goal, where's the follow-up, where's the like, yeah. compromise? And that's something, that's something I think that is well documented in terms of um, communities of practice. The yeah. idea that like, okay, we'll just create a group and then magically they will think about calling each other every week is just false. You need a facilitator. Like you need to create those spaces or virtual or physical spaces, but you absolutely need, it's like a co-working space. There's oftentimes somebody at the desk that will, you know, animate the life, that will create events, that will make sure that people talk to each other. And you actually need somebody like that also in a virtual space to make sure that people, you know, they, they, they commit and they, and they interact. It's super interesting. Uh, we had somebody there, I believe. Actually, sorry. <laughs> Maybe we can have the question afterwards later. Yeah, because... So how how the much time do we have now? It's over. Oh, it's actually. over. Yeah, okay. unfortunately, it's because we have another... Yeah, okay, we, so I'll just ask real quick, because okay. it's part of the yeah. process, just Felix to um, summarize your learnings. Right. Thank you for the consulting and thanks to your, for your contributions and yours. Um, my takeaways would be um, there are some pretty big things to tackle in terms of creating continuity of a learning experience, taking it beyond conference venues or classrooms. Uh, you can apply it to many different things, to meeting rooms and corporations. Um, and to do that, um, using accountability, using the community in a much more um, intense sense, um, creating this kind of real peer group that will be responsible for you and your, and your learning journey uh, is, is an important thing. Uh, fostering the idea of purpose. Why do we do this? Why do we have to do this together? And then I took away from you that it's really applicable to so many different fields and we need to break silos all the time now. It's, it's, a, it's an ongoing trend from corporations to scientific institutions and organizations are growing, are, everything is growing more complex. Breaking the silos is, is uh, one of the essential things to um, still be innovative and move on and have new creative ideas. Um, and then, very practical uh, idea from your side um, to have uh, some sort of space for the afterglow after a conference to uh, debrief, to decide on uh, how do we move on from here and to shape a continuity. So thanks to all of you. I really enjoyed this. Thank you, everyone.